This, this is CCRN, the Cigar Connoisseur Radio Network. Broadcasting from Humidor 1A in the cigar city of Tampa, Florida, USA. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show, your weekly excursion into the world of cigars, spirits, and diversions. The cigar and pleasure-friendly hotlines are open. 877-DAVE-007. Now, fire up a cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time for the General Cigar Dave. Just back from the Motor City Lieutenants and had a wonderful evening on uh, Thursday. A great charity event at Genuine Cigar Lounge. Cigars under the stars, raising money for the Great Lakes Children's Burn Camp. And Lieutenants, full on display were alpha males, cigar connoisseurs, people who enjoyed the good life, that had no problem whatsoever reaching into their very own pocket to make sure that those that were less fortunate or in uh, difficult circumstances could have a couple of weeks of enjoyment. And nobody forced them. There was no government authority telling these fine people to go out and empty their wallets for a good cause because we as alpha males, we as cigar connoisseurs, we do it because it's right, not because we need to be told, and what a fantastic evening it was. Long-ash greetings and salutations. A long-ash snappy salute. Semper Delictatio. Always pleasure. America's alpha male front and center. Command Center Alpha Humidor 1A. And we welcome you to join us nationwide on the alpha male and pleasure-friendly hotlines at 877-DAVE-007. That is 877-328-3007. Email address CigarDave at CigarDave.com. Follow me at Twitter at CigarDaveShow, Facebook.com slash CigarDave. Now, last week, I didn't have a chance to get to a story uh, in about sixth graders that were given a homework assignment comparing President George W. Bush to Adolf Hitler, and I will get to that in this hour. That I can guarantee you. We continue our celebration of National Bourbon Heritage Month, and I've got a wonderful cornucopia of bourbons that I'll be enjoying today. First, I'll start off with the Russell's Reserve Small Batch 10-Year-Old Kentucky Straight Bourbon. Then we'll go into some Wild Turkey 80 Proof. Then we're going to go up a notch to the 101 Proof Wild Turkey, so we will compare and contrast. And then very, very last and really least... I'm doing this only because this category is growing, and I think that if we're talking about National Bourbon Heritage Month, we may as well start talking about some of the spirits that people are enjoying or the derivatives of bourbon, and I'm going to enjoy some wild turkey. I shouldn't say I'm going to enjoy. I'm going to sample some wild turkey American honey bourbon whiskey. I am not a big fan or a big proponent of putting cinnamon or maple or honey into bourbon or into any type of whiskey, but it is a growing category. In fact, on Thursday evening at the Cigars Under the Stars event at Genuine Cigar Lounge in Sterling Heights, Michigan, Jim Beam brands were featured. And, of course, I enjoyed some great Jim Beam. Had a little bit of the Jim Beam Black, double-aged eight years. 
And they also uh, gave me a little bit of their Jim Beam cinnamon, their fireball. And I sampled it. Does it taste like bourbon? Not really. It tastes like you are sucking on a cinnamon candy. But it is a growing category. But we'll, we'll take a taste. I'm not sure I'm going to enjoy it. But nonetheless, since it is Bourbon Heritage Month, we will uh, make the rounds of various bourbons. So we will get to that. Going to smoke a great cigar today, the La Aroma de Cuba Noblesse. A very limited cigar to commemorate the La Roma de Cuba brand moving to Nicaragua. A number of years ago, only 3,000 boxes of, and one size, of the La Roma de Cuba Noblesse were produced. I have one in my hand, so I will enjoy that today for the National Cigar Litation and Libation Ceremony. But first, as you know, men now are being pummeled on. It is a war on men. We've heard the Democrat narrative, war on women, that every time we turn around, women are being attacked. War on women. Well, there's a war on men going on right now. The National Football League has an issue with some male-on-female violence. We've seen it in the news. I read a whole expose on the whole Ray Rice thing uh, in uh, on ESPN uh, between the lines or outside the lines where now the Ravens knew about all this information back in whenever it was, February, March, April. So that's that's... I don't want to get into the specifics of that. That's in and of itself is a separate deal. What I want to focus on, though, is the feminists, the women that are using these limited instances and very public instances of abuse, male-on-female abuse, to now paint all men, all men as evil, to now say that we as men must learn to properly value women as if we haven't done it. We as alpha males, we value women all the time. I mean, I value all the dames in my harem. I treat them exceptionally well. And I've always said that you can be a strong alpha male, but that also means that you are a gent. I mean, you look at Sinatra and Dean Martin and Sammy Davis. They were alpha males, part of that Rat Pack uh, culture, but they treated their dames exceptionally well. They had great manners. They opened the door. They, they, they pulled the chair back. They took care of their dames. That's what an alpha male is about. But the feminists, the members of the National Association of Ugly Women that can't get a man if their life depended on it, the women that have goatees and mustaches and beards far thicker than mine, and I have a very thick alpha male beard, these are the women that are jumping up and down saying, Men are the root of all evil. Men are causing this. It's all about men. Now, the way you hear them talk and the way all these groups have jumped on, the National Organization of Women going after the uh, NFL and all these supposed feminist experts, you would think there is an endemic, an epidemic, a, 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 a huge issue that every woman in America was beaten up every single day. It's not true. Does it happen? Yes. Is it acceptable? No. However, let me make one caveat on this. Let me make one caveat. There was a story here in Florida a few weeks ago where a woman attacked a man. Woman attacked a man, I believe, pretty violent actually, and I think she ended up running over the guy and killing him. If your life is threatened, then it is okay to defend yourself. If a woman takes a knife to you or a gun to you, you have to defend yourself. But I'm talking about 
in this narrow instance, that's a very, very narrow case. And before all the feminists jump up and down, if your life is threatened, and I don't care if you're a man or a woman, you must defend yourself, period. Somebody's got a gun to your head, got a knife, going to attack you violently, you're damn right you're going to defend yourself. But when we're talking about this very narrow form of violence, when we're talking about a man beating up a woman, what we saw in the elevator with Ray Rice, let's be very clear. That is the exception rather than the norm. We don't see thousands and thousands of... There's not a shelter on every street corner where women take haven because they're all beaten up. But this is the narrative that the feminists would like to portray. And what they're going to do is use this to further feminize the American male, to further take alpha males and try to emasculate them, and continue the creation of what I call the wussified American beta male. They are nadless wonders. They have been castrated at birth or castrated in their youth by a feminist mother or a feminist influence, and when they grow up, they grow up to be feminist beta males that have no backbone, no spine, that are an embarrassment to the male species. Now, when I come back, lieutenants, I'm going to tell you about two articles that were in yesterday's USA Today. One in the sports section, headline, Time for Culture Change, Devaluing of Women Prevalent in Sports and Needs to Stop. And the author, Nancy Armour, uses an example that is so outrageous to show in her estimation how women are being devalued by a prank that some sports teams do, a a type of hazing, but a very innocuous type of hazing. And even the way people, men, talk to other men using different terms about females, not derogatory, mind you, she uses this whole missive to create this narrative that it's all the problem, the fault of how men start, or as boys, and how they grow up to be men, that they don't value women, and this is a huge problem in this country. It is not. This is another contrived issue, contrived in the sense that they are taking a problem, and it is a problem when it occurs, but I will tell you an epidemic in this country. It is the exception rather than the norm. But when I come back, I'm going to tell you about it. And then I'm going to tell you about how her theory gets thrown out of it because of another article in the USA Today yesterday. Needless to say, while I was uh, flying back yesterday and reading the USA Today, first two things that registered, this is how I'm going to lead off my show today. So when we come back, lieutenants, we will talk about how men now are being castigated how the feminist movement wants to portray this issue, this Ray Rice issue, and and three or four instances in the National Football League as endemic of every single male in this nation. As America's alpha male in chief, I'm going to rebut it. And I'm going to make sure that we as alpha males never apologize for being strong, never apologize for being smart, never apologize for wanting to be men with raging amounts of testosterone. I don't apologize for it, and you shouldn't. And the fact of the matter is, real women appreciate a strong alpha male. We will talk about this. We've got some cigar items, some bourbon items, and, of course, your calls at 877-DAVE-007, 877-328-3007. America's alpha male front and chief. I will battle the enemies of men around the corner. 
If you miss a part of the show, you can download the podcast to listen anytime. Go to iTunes and search Cigar Dave or log on to CigarDave.com. The sword, a symbol of strength, honor, and prestige. The sword, the symbol of Monte Cristo. Introducing the new Espada by Monte Cristo. Inspired by the superior craftsmanship of legendary sword makers. Celebrating a unique collaboration between premium cigar authorities. Blended by the Monte Cristo's talented Grupo de Maestros. Crafted by the renowned Placencia family with vintage aged tobaccos. The first Monte Cristo made with 100% Nicaraguan tobacco. Rich, majestic, complex. The Espada by Monte Cristo. A cigar of pure taste and true elegance. Try an Espada by Monte Cristo at your local tobacconist today. And visit us on Facebook and Twitter at The Cigar Life. Cigars are not a safe alternative to cigarettes. The brand new Cigar Dave mobile app for both iPhone and Android devices is finally out. If you go right now, either to the iTunes store or the Google Play store, search for Cigar Dave and download our brand new app. It allows you to listen to the show live on your mobile device You can listen to all of our podcasts. The last 10 podcasts are always available. Cigar Dave Daily Briefings. Additionally, it gives you direct access within the app to our Twitter page, our Facebook page. We also have the ability for you to call the show during the show right from the app, as well as send me a text message and an email. We also put in a couple of bonus items. You can get a weather uh, uh, alert as well as an alarm clock. It is the brand new Cigar Dave mobile app. You can listen to the Cigar Dave show anytime, any place, anywhere. Go right now to the iTunes Store or Google Play Store and download the brand new Cigar Dave mobile app. You walk into a cigar shop, stare at hundreds of choices, and wonder as you take in the aroma. Go with an old standard or try something new? Lead or follow? That's the real question here, isn't it? Next time, choose to lead with a premium cigar from Royal Gold Cigars. Royal Gold Cigars introduces two exciting new premium cigar lines, Casino Gold HRS High Roller Selection and Kismet. Hand-rolled in Honduras with a blend of four distinct quality fillers wrapped in a rich Habano Rosado wrapper, the Casino Gold HRS is a medium-bodied cigar for high rollers who never gamble on flavor. For a robust option, try our bold Dominican Puro, Kismet, meaning destiny, a blend of six Dominican tobaccos. It's bold, smooth, burns evenly, and leaves a clean white ash. There, we narrowed the options. Lead or follow. Visit royalgoldcigars.com. Surgeon General Warning. Tobacco smoke increases the risk of lung cancer and heart disease, even in non-smokers. To life, liberty, and the pursuit of pleasure. It's the General Cigar Dave. 877 Dave 007 877 328 3007. 
USA Today, sports section, front page yesterday. Time for culture change, devaluing of women prevalent in sports and needs to stop by Nancy Armour. And I'm going to read some excerpts on this. And again, the the premise that she uses to indicate that there is a huge problem and how this problem starts with male-on-female violence is so outrageous uh, that it, it's it's almost la- it not o- almost as laughable. It is laughable. They are pulling at any possible string. They are so desperate to try to find a a cause or a reason. When the reality is, you're gonna have some bad apples out there. There are bad apples everywhere, and there are some men that, for whatever reason, feel it's okay to uh, to uh, knock around a woman. I don't believe it's an epidemic. It's not an epidemic. There are some bad apples, no question about it. But let me read some excerpts here and let you be the judge. You decide if she is going way overboard. At first glance, it seems like good, harmless fun. The Washington Nationals and Detroit Tigers dress their rookies in the most embarrassing and mortifying outfits possible, then post pictures to further the hilarity. Except that, given the events of the last two weeks, the choice of costumes last weekend was anything but amusing. Brightly colored tutus and hot pig leg warmers, skimpy underwear and stockings for the Tigers. What, where all the, what were all the Playboy costumes sold out? One thing that has become painfully clear, as the NFL has bumbled and fumbled its handling of a growing list of domestic abuse cases, is how little the major sports leagues and some male athletes value women. Oh sure, they'll happily sell pink merchandise and greedily calculate the boost to their bottom lines as female interest grows. They'll trot out the mothers of players to make them warm and cuddly. They'll even let a few women into their boys' club. But mostly women are treated as objects to be ogled, scantily clad cheerleaders and dance teams, or mocked in tights and tutus. It's that mindset that has helped foster environment in which Ray Rice thinks it's okay to knock his future wife unconscious, and the San Francisco 49ers stand defiantly by Ray McDonald. So wait a minute. She now is saying, she's making this analogy, this uh, Nancy Armour, that because a prank by making the rookie the rookie players wear tutus or pink knapsacks or pink leg warmers, which is all in good fun, that all of a sudden she's drawing the analogy that because they're wearing that, then that mindset fosters an environment to say it's okay to beat up women? That's ridiculous. It is absurd. It is so far from the from any basis of reality, it's not only laughable, it's hysterical. And she says mostly women are treated as objects to be ogled. Ooh, scantily clad cheerleaders. Do you know why she's got it out for scantily clad cheerleaders? Because scantily clad cheerleaders are hot. They've got great legs, they've got great bodies, great faces, great racks. You want to bang those cheerleaders. But ooh, wait a minute, she's a feminist and she's not attractive. She's not attractive, so she's jealous. So all of a sudden, she's making the inference that because cheerleaders are oogled and because men look at cheerleaders with their mouths, their tongues hanging out of their mouth, and because that there are pranks that, that teams do while they have to wear pink tutus or little skirts, that all of a sudden you make that analogy that it fosters an environment 
to hit women? That is absurd. She goes on to say in this article, quote, these things aren't harmless, said Deborah Guckenheimer, a sociologist at Stanford's Clayman Institute for Gender Research. Cultures of violence are typified by hypermasculinity and hyperfemininity, Guckenheimer said, that the perception that men and women must meet rigid stereotypes. Men, of course, are physically strong and aggressive, while women are very sexualized. Should men be strong and aggressive? Yes, that's being an alpha male. Being aggressive doesn't mean you go out and whack everybody. Aggressive means you go for what you want. We as alpha males are aggressive. We're aggressive enjoying our passions. We're aggressive in pursuing success. We're aggressive in enjoying our lives. You're telling me that because we're alpha males, then all of a sudden we need to change? That's what they want. That's what the feminists want. But that's not what we're going to give them. These notions of gender are really connected with power. So when we see something, uh, when we see th- things some people can say are really innocent, we can actually see them, see in them aspects of this culture of gender violence. What a load! And James Brown on last week's uh, CBS pregame show called for an end to domestic violence. That's fine. Have no problem with that statement. He goes on to say it starts with how we view women. Quote. Our language is important. For instance, when a guy says, you throw the ball like a girl, or you're a little sissy, it reflects an attitude that devalues women, and attitudes will eventually manifest in some fashion. James Brown, you went to Harvard. Apparently, in Harvard, they don't teach common sense. I know they don't teach common sense at Harvard. But this is so ridiculous that to say, as a kid, You're throwing the ball like a sissy, or you're throwing it like a girl. Hey, I've come in many times and seen friends and say, what do you say, ladies? Does that mean all of a sudden I'm devaluing women, or I'm encouraging violence against women? This is a load of bunk. Her article, her column, her opinion has absolutely no basis in fact or any merit whatsoever. And when I come back, I'm going to tell you about the other article that was in USA Today that will show you that women aren't devalued in any way, shape, or form. Lieutenants, I'm a proud alpha. You are a proud alpha. We will not allow the feminists to cut our hands off. The Cigar Dave Officers Club selection this month is Sindicato and the new Sindicato Maduro by Sindicato Cigars. The Sindicato is a square-pressed Nicaraguan Puro delivering a medium full strength with exquisite taste. Not a member of the Officers Club? Sign up today at CigarDave.com. A.J. Fernandez Cigars, known for producing consistently highly rated and sought-after cigars, is proud to unveil their latest cigar, New World. New World is a unique cigar which pays homage to the discovery of the then mystical smoking leaf called tobacco by the Europeans when their ships landed in what is now called the New World, a medium to full-bodied cigar with an amazing aroma. Smokers of New World will experience elements of sweetness, spiciness, and a very balanced and refined cigar. New World is a beautiful box-pressed cigar which is composed of a Jalapa binder, Viso Amatepe filter, Condega Lajero, Esteli Finca Soledad Lajero, 
and wrapped in a beautiful dark Nicaraguan wrapper. New World, a first-class cigar proudly launched by A.J. Fernandez Cigars. Experience this exceptional cigar and embark on the journey with New World. Stay connected with A.J. Fernandez by visiting us at www.ajfernandezcigars.com and follow us on Facebook. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show. If you'd like to join the alpha male conversational maneuvers, call me during the live show, Saturdays 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern Time at 877-DAVE-007. That's Saturdays 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern Time at 877-328-3007. Pleasure, command, and control. It's the General Cigar Dave. All right, Lieutenants, I want to continue on before we get to the National Cigar Litation and Libation Ceremony. Uh, following up to this article, Time for Culture uh, Change, that was in USA Today. And again, the gist of the article is that because men call other men sissies, or you throw like a girl, or that in different pranks and rituals that uh, athletes are made to wear pink leg warmers or skirts or tutus as part of an initiation, that all of a sudden that breeds a culture of violence of men against women. And when they talk about that the devaluation of women, nothing could be further than the truth. Because there was another article in USA Today yesterday in the money section, the headline Female CEOs more powerful than ever, no longer limited to creative industries. And it goes on to discuss Fortune Magazine's annual list of the 50 most powerful women in business. The uh, 2014 list was issued Thursday, and it includes, out of 50, a record 24 female CEOs. They actually list the, the top uh, the top 50 uh, uh, females Uh, in business, but of the 50, 24 are CEOs, or half the total. Here are some of the names. IBM CEO Ginny Romady, Mary Barra, CEO of General Motors, the CEO of PepsiCo, Indra Nooyi, Marilyn Hewson, CEO of Lockheed Martin, the CEO of DuPont, Ellen Cullman, Meg Whitman, the CEO of HP, Irene Rosenfeld, CEO of uh, Mandalay's International, Pat Wirtz, CEO of Archer Daniel Midland, Abigail Johnson, president of FMR, which is a a Fidelity Investment subsidiary, and Sheryl Sandberg, COO of Facebook. These women are being devalued? I don't think so. Again, what's the narrative? What is the common thread when these women want to wage war on men and become enemies of men? It is the feminist narrative that everything that happens bad to women must be the result of men, must be the result of strong men, must be the result of alpha male men, and therefore we must, they must, meaning the feminists and the country in general, must do more to feminize the American male. The American male, the majority of American men today, are wussified, they are betafied. That we know. Those of you that listen to this show, we are not. 
We're 100% USDA proud alpha males. And very quickly here, before I get into the litation and libation ceremony, I want to follow up talking about how some of these women are coming up with things that are so absolutely ludicrous, with no basis in fact whatsoever. They're just pulling at any string they can. I want to play a, this is this comes from us a few weeks ago. This was down in Australia, actually. And I know our, our Australian uh, lieutenants will probably be familiar with this. Uh, but I saw this uh, last week, and, and a... Uh, a female author compared women in traditional marriages to prostitutes. Uh, it happened, the name of the author is Jane Caro. It was on an Australian panel a TV show called Q&A. And it was an all-female panel discussion, and uh, they were asked views on a number of uh, different issues, both regarding women, regarding men, just issues in general. And they were talking about, uh, uh, the, the panel was asked by a woman for their views on prostitution as a conscious choice in the Western world. And the questions stem from an interview with former journalist Amanda Goff, an Australian uh, a journalist, on a television show called Sunday Night. Must be like our 60 Minutes. During which she revealed she had chosen a new career path in prostitution, working as a high-class escort, making five grand a night. And in the interview, this woman Goff said, nobody is taking advantage of me anymore. I am becoming empowered. Well, Jane Caro, an author who is an EOM, enemy of men, and that's a new term. We've got the enemies of pleasure. We now have the enemies of men. Had a very interesting response when uh, she was asked that question from the panelists about their views on prostitution as a conscious choice in the Western world. And when you hear how she infers marriage and equates it to prostitution, you will see once again, here is a perfect example of a woman pulling on strings that has absolutely no basis in fact whatsoever. Here is Jane Caro answering the, uh, the question when she was asked about her views on uh, prostitution as a conscious choice in the Western world. When you have a society where women's main currency is really their sexual favours, their ability to reproduce, then a lot of what women do is a form of prostitution. For example, I would argue that traditional marriage, which included conjugal rights, particularly when women were not able to go to work or were fired when they first got married and were basically selling their, their bodies and their reproductive rights to their husband, he bought them, by giving her room and board in return, was a form of prostitution. So I think we really have to discuss what we mean by prostitution. At least the women who choose it as a career choice, freely and uncoerced, that's very, very important, only have to put up with their customer for about an hour. Once upon a time, it was a lifetime, ladies, a lifetime. Yeah, okay, right. Had to put up with a lifetime. How do you infer that a woman prostitutes herself in return for room and board from her husband? Nothing could be further than the truth. This, and this again, another example of an enemy of men that has nothing, no basis in scientific fact, but pulls something so, so laden in fantasy from thin air that you have to just look at yourself and say, I, first of all, I couldn't believe she said it. I can't believe she believes it, and I can't believe that anybody would believe it. But they do. They do. 
and it is incumbent upon us as alpha males when the narrative shifts to us that we are the root of all evil, that we are keeping women down, that how we are brought up is, is, is creating massive problems with male on female violence. We need to stand up and say, baloney. We need to stay BS. We're going to call you on that. It's ridiculous. And I haven't seen one man, I'm the only alpha male, that has said these women are nuts. Because they are taking something, and are there examples of violence? Yes. Is it an epidemic? No. We've heard of three examples in the, in the NFL. Three examples. Now, if it were such a rampant problem where it was massive, massive happening, and it does happen every day, but we don't see thousands of people every day this has happened to in a sp- specific community or area, we would see shelters for battered women on every street corner. But we don't. It happens, yes. Is it an epidemic? No. Is it a raging problem in terms of huge numbers of women being beaten up? No. Those that are, that's a problem. But I am getting sick and tired of the narrative being focused on how we're brought up, that because we are men, because we're boys, we have raging testosterone, because we are aggressive, because we, we uh, uh, like to be strong, because we like to play pranks by making somebody wear a skirt or whatever if you lose a bet. We've all done that. I was remember in high school where we, we told somebody, okay, you lose this bet, you got to wear this skirt on top of your shorts or whatever. Does that all of a sudden equate to wanting to beat up women? No. They will do anything they can to try to continue this war on men. And there is a war on men. You can hear the uh, Democrats say there's a war on women. No way. There is a war on men. And when the majority of college graduates are now women and college postgraduate degrees are awarded to women, there's no war on women. The war is on men. And it starts in grade school when they're boys to try to take boys who have lots of natural energy, who have lots of rambunctiousness, trying to tame that and convert them from testosterone-laden boys to estrogen-laden feminist female beta males exactly what they are trying to do. This alpha male is proud to be an alpha. I'm proud to be strong, and I do not apologize for it, and neither should you. And another thing I'm not going to apologize for is being an alpha male with exceptional taste that loves cigars and loves spirits and lives the alpha male good life. And therefore, without any further delay, lieutenants, let us now conduct the National Cigar Litation and Libation Ceremony. With an unlimited and secure supply of pleasure sticks available for the general to enjoy, it's time for National Cigar Litation Maneuvers. Well, I have selected a magnificent cigar. Rob Levin of Ashton Distributors handed a few of these to me uh, when I uh, saw him at the International Premium Cigar uh, Retailers Convention in Las Vegas mid-July. And I had a chance to tour his booth, and he told me about the new Ashton Symmetry made by Tabacalera Fuente. Very, very nice uh, cigar that we'll talk about uh, in a future show. Highly anticipated uh, cigar, the Ashton Symmetry. But another anticipated cigar, the La Roma de Cuba Nobles, made by my father's cigars, Don Pepin Garcia, down in Nicaragua. This uses a uh, beautiful Ecuadorian Habano wrapper grown from uh, farms that are owned by the Garcia family. 
The binder is Nicaraguan, the filler is Nicaraguan. It comes in one and only one size, a six and a half by 52 Toro. And the wrapper on this is a beautiful Colorado color. Nice, uh, beautiful La Roma de Cuba band. A little bit different than the regular La Roma de Cuba band. A little bit more gold, little some, some nice subdued uh, light blue notes. Very elegant band. And this particular cigar will only be manufactured 3,000 boxes. 3,000 boxes of 24, and that is it. So you can say it is limited, and it is. 3,000 boxes of 24, that's a grand total of 72,000 cigars. Sounds like $16 for this beautiful La Roma de Cuba Noblesse. And uh, this particular cigar, I have not even smoked. Rob just, I said, is it mild, medium, full? He said, general, just smoke it. Smoke it, you be the judge. All I can tell you is it is very satisfactory and very smooth. So as we smoke it, I will give you my tasting notes. Cigar-altering and highly sharpened leaf-exposing device. Well, I've got a a Calibri cutter that was given to me by uh, Rob and Chris over at A.J. Fernandez when I went to see them a couple of months back. It is a wing-type cutter. It's a guillotine, double-edged, but it is hinged on the one side, so you clip it, and uh, you are good to go. So it almost looks like like bat wings. If you look at it, you put your cigar, and actually the ring gauge could fit easily a 68 ring gauge, and the cutters have had to get larger because the ring gauges have gotten larger. But this is a beautiful-looking cigar, 6.5 by 52, solid feel in the hand. We're going to tweet out on Facebook some pictures of this cigar, and that's what I will enjoy today. Maximum BTU flame-throwing and heat-producing apparatus. Well, on one of these six high-def widescreens we have here in Command Center Alpha Humidor 1A. I have one of them set to my Syracuse Orangeman taking on the Maryland Terrapins. So I have my Orange Lotus lighter. This is a very cool looking lighter. It's got two flames that are angled up at about a 30 degree uh, angle and about three quarters of an inch from the base of the litation device. The two flames intersect. Beautiful big tank. Nice solid finish. Beautiful looking uh, lighter here from Lotus. Cigar Cigar pre-lightation checklist complete. No faults detected. Area clear of all enemies of pleasure. Approval to go throttle up in three, two, one. Perfect cut. I will gently toast the foot of this cigar. Taking my time. Magnificent looking band. In fact, I'm going to take a picture, a close-up of this band. It is just so exceptional. As I toast the foot of this cigar, I never allow the flame to actually touch the foot of this cigar. I'm allowing the heat to cause combustion. Taking my time, and I'm going to gently toast the foot of the cigar now, and I will place the cigar in my mouth and puff and rotate. Mm. Oh, great draw. Nice notes on the palate. Mm. Gently blow on the foot of the cigar, have a nice even amber glow. Let me take just a few more puffs here. Mm. Wow, smooth. Very smooth. Love that Ecuadorian Habano wrapper. Probably the most prevalent wrapper now on cigars. Now I have my cigar, and to celebrate National Bourbon Heritage Month, I need to enjoy a libation without any further delay. Scotch, bourbon, and beer commence thirst-quenching libationary maneuvers. Well, I'm going to be enjoying my, my, my bourbons from the wild turkey family today. 
Wild Turkey makes wonderful, wonderful bourbons. The legendary master distiller Jimmy Russell, his son Eddie Russell, blends some magnificent whiskeys at great prices. And I'm going to start off with their Russell's Reserve. This is a small batch, 10-year-old Kentucky straight bourbon, 90 proof, 45% alcohol by volume. And uh, master distiller Jimmy Russell, his son Eddie Russell, brought together over 80 years of combined experience to uh, bring out the Russell's Reserve. It is smooth, hand-selected small batch, nice rich caramel taste to it, beautiful uh, looking almost citrus orange brown color. Now when we taste our bourbons, or any spirit for that matter, we always like to go through a specific type of checklist. So we get every specific sensory experience. We want to look at color. We want to look at aroma. We want to look at taste. And then my patented CDWF, the Cigar Dave Warm Factor. How does it go down the throat? Does it leave a lingering warmth? Is it a burning warmth? Is it a very subtle warmth? Well, we are going to take out the bottle right now of the Russell's Reserve. Comes in a nice, uh, almost pre-prohibition type looking bottle. And I'm going to gently pour some of this into my special bourbon snifter. And I like the bourbon snifter because it concentrates the aromas into a smaller area to really get that aroma significantly on your or on your nose so that when you're not only smelling it, but when you're drinking it, as you take the sip, you also get that uh, nice aroma factor. Now, I'm looking at this particular spirit right now, and I would say on the color factor, this is what I would call a burnt orange. Nice orange hue to it. Now let's talk about the aroma. Let me take a couple of sniffs here. And by the way, I always like to to whisk the bourbon, if you will. I like to just stir just a little bit in the bowl. All right. Now let me take a few sniffs. Ooh, very pleasant. One more time. Hmm. Actually, I'm getting, believe it or not, a little bit of citrus note on the on the uh, on the nose little bit of woodiness, which is nice. You'd expect that from a 10-year uh, small batch bourbon. Again, the longer that the bourbon stays in the barrel, you're going to get more of that woody notes. Wonderful aroma. Now I will swirl it here, and now I will say cheers. I will take a sip here. Mmm. 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 Taste what I call a muted tanginess. A little delayed tanginess. Nice and warm. Very smooth. And I would say just uh, a touch of pepper. Touch of peppery notes. And on the CDWF, on the warm factor, I'm going to give this a 7.5. And there's no right or wrong on the warm factor. It's not like a 1 to 10 scale where 10 is the best. It's just how it goes down. Very nice, and this is a wonderful accompaniment to my new La Roma de Cuba Noblesse. Very nice pat, uh, pairing, very nice uh, complementary pairing in terms of the taste of the cigar with the taste of the bourbon. We don't want one to overwhelm the other. So now we have sampled our first bourbon today, the Russell's Reserve Small Batch 10-Year-Old Kentucky Straight Bourbon. 90 proof, very, very pleasant. Medium tanginess, warm, very smooth, touch of pepper, 
with some very nice uh, citrus notes and woodiness on the aroma. CDWF Cigar Dave Warm Factor, a 7.5. Lieutenants, we shall continue. 877-DAVE-007, 877-328-3007, as we enjoy National Bourbon Heritage Month and enjoy and are proud to be alpha male Americans. To smoke the same cigars the general does during the show? See past cigar and libation selections anytime at CigarDave.com. In this difficult and challenging time when the government is trying to outlaw premium cigars and take away the art form of enjoying a beautiful cigar, we decided to introduce our brand called Prohibition. This cigar is gonna be the bootlegger's dream. A gorgeous cigar made in Esteli, Nicaragua, triple capped using a broadleaf wrapper and a Mexican wrapper from the San Andreas Valley. It's got Nicaraguan tobaccos for the Nicaraguan valleys of Esteli and Jalapa. It's rich, it's complex, it's got some spice, some white pepper, and a ton of sweetness. Full of flavor, this cigar is one that you're going to want to enjoy and you're going to bootleg. And that's why it's called Prohibition. Enjoy it. I promise you're going to love it. It's the rebirth of the Pedro Martin brand as Gurkha Cigar Group, maker of the world's finest cigars, now proudly introduces the Pedro Martin Maduro and Ruby cigars. They are medium to full body, full flavor cigars with the traditional Pedro Martin blends. In addition to the new cigar, Pedro Martin has a brand new look and feel under the same watchful eye of Arsenio Ramos in Tapsa Esteli, Nicaragua. The Pedro Martin Maduro includes a Mexican San Andres wrapper, Nicaraguan Maduro binder, and Nicaraguan filler to incorporate the flavors of spice, caramel, sweetness, and cocoa. The Pedro Martin Ruby includes a red Colorado Corojo wrapper, Nicaraguan binder, and Nicaraguan filler for another medium to full body profile. Get the Pedro Martin Maduro and Ruby cigars at your local retailer. Gurkha Cigar Group maker of the world's finest cigars. Enjoy the latest and greatest cigars shipped directly to you. Join the Cigar Dave Officers Club now, and you'll receive three premium cigars every month. Membership is just $22.95, including shipping and handling. Join by going to CigarDave.com now. That's CigarDave.com. Click on Officers Club. General has determined that enemies of pleasure are hazardous to your happiness. For your protection and sanity, they've been vaporized. Well, I'm going to give you my impressions uh, as I smoke this new La Roma de Cuba Noblesse. Very, very smooth. I'm going to take a few more puffs here. Mm, great aroma. This could be, I think this is one of the finest La Roma de Cubas they've ever made. This is not going to overpower anyone. It's right down the, to me, it's really, it's more a mild plus to medium. And I thought this was going to be a fuller flavored cigar. When I asked Rob Levin from Ashton, I said, well, Rob, is this mild, medium, full? He's like, just smoke it. Just taste it. Just smoke it. You decide. 
because everybody's a little different, but very, very smooth, very enjoyable uh, all the way, and a wonderful accompaniment to my Russell's Reserve. And when we talk about pairing spirits, we talk about pairing cigars, it is imperative that no matter what the spirit, whether it is a Cabernet, whether it is a Riesling, whether it is a bourbon or a Scotch whiskey or gin, whatever the case may be, you always want to have an equal pairing of taste. So you want a medium-flavored cigar with a medium spirit. You want a full-flavored spirit with a full-flavored cigar. You don't want one to drown out the other. Imperative to get maximum enjoyment. They should be complementary. They should not fight each other. Lieutenants, we will continue around the corner when I come back. I'm going to tell you about this outrageous, outrageous homework assignment that sixth graders in Washington were asked to complete comparing President George W. Bush to Adolf Hitler. There is no comparison, but they were asked. And we're going to be joined in the next hour by Corey Moscato, the operations manager of Lockhouse Distillery, Buffalo, New York. They're creating a brand new rye whiskey. We'll talk with him. Hour number two of the Cigar Dave Show is next. This, this is CCRN, the Cigar Connoisseur Radio Network. Broadcasting from Humidor 1A in the cigar city of Tampa, Florida, USA. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show, your weekly excursion into the world of cigars, spirits, and diversions. The cigar and pleasure-friendly hotlines are open. 877-DAVE-007. Now, fire up a cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time for the General Cigar Dave. Well, I am thoroughly enjoying my La Roma de Cuba Nobles. This is a magnificent cigar. It's not inexpensive, $16. As I mentioned, it is a very limited cigar to commemorate La Roma de Cuba moving the production from Honduras to Nicaragua back in 2009. Nice six and a half by 52. Toro. Wonderful aroma, wonderful taste, so smooth, beautiful looking wrapper. This is a winner, and when they're gone, they are gone, and it paired very nicely with my Russell's Reserve small batch 10-year. Lieutenants, we are proud to be alpha males, and as America's alpha male in chief, I will tell you, we celebrate all things the good life, cigars, spirits, diversions, dice, dames. If it involves the alpha male good life, and that's exactly what we talk about right here on the Cigar Dave Show. Welcome back. Hour number two, Lieutenants 877-DAVE-007-877-328-3007. Email address, CigarDave at CigarDave.com. Just checking the uh, Twitter feed here right now, at Cigar Dave Show. It is uh, pretty uh, – got I got some catching up to do here. I'm looking at all of our notifications here, uh, seeing Lieutenant Roy enjoying the uh, Red Witch by East India Trading Company and a uh, little Oktoberfest. Speaking of Oktoberfest – on Saturday, October 3rd, we begin the entire month of October celebrating Cigar Oktoberfest. Now, if you are a purist, you would celebrate Oktoberfest like the Germans do in Deutschland in September. Oktoberfest there starts in September. And my question is, well, then why don't you call it Se- Septemberfest? Why call it Oktoberfest? Makes no sense to me. However, 
We celebrate it in October here in uh, here on the Cigar Dave Show. The entire month, we'll be pairing up cigars and doing some great beer tastings. And, boy, I'll tell you, I had a great beer when I was up in Detroit earlier this week. And, in fact, uh, I talked to uh, Dan Genuine Jr., and I told him to make sure he ships me some of this beer because we absolutely want to include it in our tasting. As I attended the uh, wonderful event, the Cigars Under the Stars event at Genuine Cigar Lounge, right in their parking lot, huge, huge tent, Sterling Heights, Michigan, one of the northern Detroit suburbs. Great event, by the way, that all the proceeds went to the Great Lakes Burn Camp in uh, in Michigan. And they had some great spirits there. They had some great cigars. They had some great beers. And one of the beers that they had was from Rochester Mills Brewing Company. We actually did a show from the Rochester Mills Brewery. It was a big restaurant. Now it's just a, a brewery. They have their Oktoberfest celebration lager. I have to tell you, that beer was so smooth, delightful, with just a little bit of hoppiness. It was uh, fantastic. So I told Dan Jr., you got to send some of that down to me, which I know he will because I want to include that. And there's so many great beers. And I had the opportunity about a week or so ago to start Looking and searching for beers, I've got about 40 I picked up. I'm going to have to narrow that down because there's no way I'm going to be able to get to those beers plus all the other beers that I've already uh, picked up. But there's going to be some great beers that we will sample, and that is the joy of being a connoisseur. Whether it's cigars or bourbon or scotch or beer, conducting tastings, sampling what's out there, there is ne- you will never be at a loss to sample new products, whether in the cigar area or in the spirits or in the beer or wine area. You will not uh, have any issues. Now, I did, at the Cigars Under the Stars event, I did discover a brand new Irish whiskey called Two Gingers that's being distributed by Beam Suntory, which used to be Jim Beam Brands. It was taken, it was acquired in a huge, I think, uh, $20, $22 billion transaction by Suntory of Japan. Beautiful Irish whiskey, $17 a bottle. Can't go wrong. Nice-looking bottle, very pleasant, extremely smooth, no bite whatsoever. If you're looking for, if you like a mild cigar and you want a mild whiskey, a mild uh, 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 Irish whiskey, absolutely pick up the two gingers. Beautiful. Could not believe the price. ...information. About two weeks ago, I sampled for, on the show, to celebrate National Bourbon Heritage Month, one of my favorite, if not my absolute favorite, bourbon whiskey. And it was the it is the Jim Beam Black. Double aged eight years. There are rumors going around that Jim Beam is going to continue to make the black, but they are going to get the double aged moniker off it because they are going to reduce the aging time that is put in the Jim Beam Black from eight years down to six years. Pretty strong rumors. And I've talked to some spoke to some people, talked to some people that said, General, if I were a betting person, I would say that. And if you like the Jim Beam Black as an eight-year age double age whiskey, then you better go out and buy two, three, four bottles, buy a case to last year for your lifetime. Because when they're gone, they are gone. It'll still be a good whiskey, but it won't be the same. But at least they're going to be honest about it and tell people. It's not going to be double-aged. They're just going to call it the Jim Beam Black. And the reason is bourbon is going through a huge renaissance, similar to what cigars experienced 19, 18, 19 years ago, where we had a huge, huge boom. 
There's a bourbon boom. We saw that Maker's Mark a year ago, just over a year ago, a year and a half ago, wanted to dilute or cut the bourbon further to take it from its normal proof, I think, which is a 90 proof, down to about an 84 proof. And there was an uprising because people said that's not what Maker's Mark is all about. Now, if they wanted to come out with another Maker's Mark and repackage it and and be very clear that they were going to, it was going to be a different proof, no problem. But they were going to do that on their flagship brand. It didn't sit well with Maker's Mark consumers and purists, and they rescinded that decision. Now, why would they want to cut that whiskey? Because they wanted to take the whiskey from the barrel and they always cut it with water. They put additional water in because the proof is very high coming out of the barrel. They felt that if they could, not felt, they know that if they were to cut that bourbon coming out of the barrel, dilute it with a little bit more water, they can spread that out and sell more bourbon. And bourbon is like cigars. You cannot rush the hands of time. You simply cannot just say, we're going to put bourbon in a barrel today, and instead of waiting six years, we'll wait three years and it'll be the same. It's not. Those bourbon barrels just sit, and they age, and they rest, and they mature. And that's exactly what has to be done. You cannot rush the hands of time. Fuente uses that line all the time, and it's true in cigars, it's true in wine, it's true in bourbon, it's true in all whiskeys. So consequently, Jim Beam has a huge, huge demand issue. There's a a, a ton of demand. They don't have enough supply. So instead of waiting the eight years, they're going to put it in the Jim Beam Black for six years. That's what's going to happen. So if you like that Jim Beam Black, the double-aged, then go buy some. Just to uh, point that out to you. Let me just continue looking at some uh, Twitter here. Checking out a number of people. We have somebody listening from the Bahamas. Uh, All good. I will catch up in just a, a little bit later with that. But I have to tell you that there is absolutely no question in my mind that there is always that temptation. There was the temptation by cigar manufacturers back during the the cigar boom, the cigar renaissance. Same thing with bourbon, saying, boy, if we could just cut it a little bit more, dilute it with some more water, we could sell more and bring more to the bottom line. But the cigar manufacturers that did not succumb to that temptation, that continued to sell the product that was properly aged, that didn't have what they call green or young tobacco, that continued to deliver a cigar that people, consumers who smoke that cigar expected, those brands are still around today and are thriving. The J.C. Newmans, the Padrones, the Fuentes, the General Cigar, the Consolidated Cigar at the time, now Altatus, who made the Romeo and the H, makes the Romeo and H. Upman and the Monte Cristo, they did not succumb to that temptation. And I remember speaking to Frank Yaneza of Villazon at the time when he was alive, one of the truly great cigar masters, period. Nobody worked cigar tobaccos better than Frank Yaneza right here in the Cigar City. And I had the privilege of going to his office and and seeing him all the time. And I'm still friendly with Carol Yaneza, his daughter, who oversees the Natsa factory, which is Nicaraguan American tobacco. And Frank told me, he said, no way, in any way, shape, or form would I ever sell cigars that are not ready with young tobacco or not properly aged in the aging room. He said, I don't care what they're willing to pay me. It would hurt me in the long run. And he was right. 
And all those cigar manufacturers that stuck by that are doing just fine today. So be on the lookout, lieutenants. If you like the Jim Beam Black Double Aged, it is going away. Let's do this. Take a quick call from uh, Stan in uh, the sunshine and cigar state of Florida. You are front and center. I have good la- long ashes to you, sir. Back at you, Stan. Uh, I had a. T- I I don't know if I'm out of time, but uh, they took. No, no. Go off- ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. They took off the air on twelve fifty. Well, well, stand, 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 stand. Hold it, stand. Let me stop you right there. We are. Pre- they didn't take me off the air. We are preempted today in Miami and Tampa and a number of other markets because of football, and that happens during this time of year, where during college football season which occurs on Saturdays in the fall, we do get bumped around sometimes with stations that have commitments. So they have not taken us off the air. We're still around, and that's why we've got our Cigar Day mobile app. And, in fact, we sent out a tweet and posted a Facebook message earlier today that if you wanted to catch the show, we were going to be preempted. So fear not, Stan. We're not going anywhere on 1250 wins WHNZ in Tampa or 940 wins in Miami. Now, what's your question, Stan? I got something about Gloria Allred. She was on TV last night demanding the uh, resignation of uh, football uh, Goodell. Roger Goodell, the commissioner. I saw that last night. She was on Hannity. Yeah, did you hear the part? Do you remember the part where... Oh, absolutely. uh, Stan, you have to remember one thing about Gloria Allred. And by the way, Gloria Allred really now is becoming, because she's cried wolf so many times, and I think the last, what really closed the door on her is when Tiger Woods was having a sexual liaison with one of the porn stars out in California. I can't even remember her name. I'll have to Google it. Uh, But at the time, I had never heard of this woman, so of course, curiosity got me, and I Googled her. And of course, I saw some of her fine theatrical works. Very impressive, I might add. However, when Gloria Allred tries to trot that woman out, a porn star, who has probably stooped uh, more guys than uh, I've smoked cigars in my entire lifetime, and saying, oh, this poor woman she was taken advantage of, and she should be compensated, it was nothing but a money grab, and they tried to portray this porn star as this innocent, naive, homely woman. It was a load of baloney, and trust me, all you had to do, Stan, was see her uh, her theatrical releases, and I, I Googled it. I was curious. I wanted to see it, as many other people did, and there was no question about it that that, uh, she's not so innocent. But she really lost a lot of credibility, I believe, there. And all she does is come out and try to uh, get on the soapbox, create self-awareness. She's no different than Donald Trump, who is just a self-promoter, who who self-promotes everything. His latest thing that he just did yesterday was saying he was responsible for the Ralph Wilson uh, uh, Trust, uh, for the Buffalo Bills, being able to get a much higher price because he bid. The guy's delusional. But going back to Gloria Allred, Stan, here's a a person who really just does nothing but uh, just grandstand. And Roger Goodell should not resign. Were mistakes probably made? Yes. But you would think that everybody pouncing on him, including the mainstream media, you would think that Roger Goodell was the most evil man uh, on the planet, which is nothing further from the truth. And, And one real quick thing here talking about the mainstream and lamestream media. If the media spent as much time going after the Benghazi issue and the IRS scandal as they did going after the Ray Rice uh, scandal and the NFL uh, commissioner, 
we would have plenty of impeached officials right now, probably from the president to the attorney general, or maybe the attorney general and IRS commissioner even in jail. But it's amazing how they pick and choose where they want to uh, create a news story. And did the NFL make some errors? Absolutely. Is it worthy of Roger Goodell resigning or being fired? Absolutely not. Yeah, well, you know, Hannity says, uh, why do you want to fire him? He says, well, he wasn't uh, truthful, you know. He says, I can have somebody else that's not very truthful. You want to have him fired? Obama. I, 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 did, I did hear that, uh, Stan. No question about it. And, and uh, talking about not being truthful, Gloria Allwood wasn't truthful when she trotted out that porn star saying that this poor woman was taken advantage of by Tiger Woods. The woman with that porn star was not taken advantage of. She knew exactly what she was doing. She was a jock sniffer and wanted some notoriety and uh, didn't work. But all I have to say is just do a Google search and you'll see exactly what she's, uh, she's about. Very impressive, though, in some of her, uh, some of her positions, I, I will say that. All right, lieutenants, we shall continue. When I come back, we'll go back to the phones at 877-DAVE-007. I'm also going to tell you about this homework assignment that sixth graders in, at a Washington, D.C. public school were asked to, uh, to do. And then at the bottom of the hour, we'll be joined by Corey Moscato, the operations manager of Lockhouse Distillery in Buffalo, New York, one of the up-and-coming uh, boutique uh, and artisan distilleries. They're working on a new rye whiskey. I had the chance to sample it while I was up there. We've got some pictures we're going to post to that. We'll be joined by Corey at the bottom of the hour as we celebrate National Bourbon Heritage Month and take on the enemies of men. Not sure what libation to pair with your cigar? Now at CigarDave.com you can see what your five-star general pairs together each week for the show. Gurkha Cigar Group, maker of the world's finest cigars, is proud to announce several new cigars. Cellar Reserve Edition Especial has a Corojo wrapper and 18-year aged tobacco. It's a medium-body, full-flavor cigar that's packaged in a beautiful piano-finish mahogany box. Royal Challenge Maduro is set inside a traditional leather-style box with a platinum band and embellishment. It pairs the Habano Honduran binder and Nicaraguan Dominican filler with a perfect broadleaf Maduro wrapper. This mild-body full-flavor cigar has a smooth draw with earthy, flavorful tones and a sweetness on the lips from the wrapper. The classic cigar, Havana Blend, is from the East India Trading Company. This cigar uses a proprietary blend and filler with 20 different tweakings of the blend to get it just right. It's a box-pressed, medium-body, full-flavor cigar, including earthy, nutty overtones. Get these new cigars and all Gurkha cigars at your local retailer. Gurkha Cigar Group, maker of the world's finest cigars. As a cigar connoisseur, one of the pleasures that we derive is walking into our retailer's humidor and seeing the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. Nine years ago, I had the idea that I wanted to share great cigars with the cigar lieutenants. So, the Officers Club was born. Every month, you will receive three fantastic premium cigars direct to your door, shipped in a very dapper Officers Club customized Ziploc cigar pouch. $22.95 per month gets you the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. No long-term contracts, 
You can cancel whenever you want. You enjoy great cigars right to your door. Names like Perdomo, Diamond Crown, Brickhouse, San Latano, Rocky Patel, Torano, CAO, Avo, Camacho, Greycliff, and many more. Join the Officers Club today. Go to CigarDave.com, click on Officers Club, and for $22.95, you'll get the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. I've traveled around the world, played poker with sharks, and chased the thrill of first love. But no experience matches the new 1875 Romeo y Julieta. Crafted in Honduras with specially aged vintage tobaccos, rich, bold, spicy, notes of hickory and dark chocolate. Available exclusively to local tobacconist, 1875 Romeo y Julieta. The next chapter in your favorite love story. Surgeon General warning, tobacco smoke increases the risk of lung cancer and heart disease, even in non-smokers. Alpha Male Pleasure Maneuvers are now in progress. Please enjoy the Cigar Dave experience. Last week I told you about, uh, I was teasing a story about D.C. A, a, a DC Public School, Washington, D.C. Public School, McKinley Tech Middle School, Northeast Washington, gave a homework assignment to their sixth graders, and it required students to draw comparisons between former President George W. Bush and Adolf Hitler. There are no comparisons. A copy of the assignment, which uh, a parent uh, handed to the Washington Times, instructs students to draw examples from two texts they were assigned and to fill in a Venn diagram with similarities and differences between the two men. This is what the assignment said, and I'm quoting. Now that we have read about two men of power who abuse their power in various ways, we will compare and contrast their, them and their actions. Please refer to your texts, Fighting Hitler, a, Col a Holocaust Story, and Bush, Iraq War Justified Despite No Weapons of Mass Destruction, to compare and contrast former President George W. Bush and Adolf Hitler. We will use this in class tomorrow for an activity. Reads the text at the top of the assignment. Now this is absolutely absurd. And if anybody wants to know part of the problem with what's going on with our nation's youth, here is uh, 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 Exhibit A. We are seeing, first of all, boys in schools are being wussified. Teachers are spending more time with girls than they are with boys. Boys are being told that they need to harness their energy, that when they do want to express themselves and do have rambunctiousness, uh, it's ADD, which is another epidemic that is not an epidemic. It's just boys being boys. They don't want that. And here's another example where we have a teacher who he or her is using their own political agenda to try to mold and shape the minds of our nation's youth. Now, when the parent who provided this to the Washington Times called the school office to complain, he was told the assignment was part of a curriculum unit approved by the school system because the class had been studying both the Holocaust and the Iraq War. A spokesperson for the D.C. Public Schools said the two readings were among suggested curriculum the school had previously approved, but that the texts were not meant to be compared in the manner assigned by the teacher, and that the teacher deeply regrets this mistake, according to a school district spokeswoman. 
Does anyone really believe that the teacher regrets the mistake? That she didn't want to malign the president or make an egregious comparison? We all know the answer to that. The September selection for the Cigar Dave Officers Club is Syndicato and the new Syndicato Maduro by Syndicato Cigars. The Syndicato Maduro is wrapped with a dark brown Mexican maroon with an Esteli double binder and filler of Jalapa and Esteli. It's easy to join the Officers Club. Get all the details at CigarDave.com. In 1964, Jose O. Padron began rolling cigars bearing his name in modest surroundings with one guiding principle, always focus on quality, never on quantity. Nearly 40 years later, Padron cigars are recognized for their superior taste and majestic construction. The result of Padron controlling all aspects of the cigar making process, including planting their own seeds, growing and curing their own tobacco, and constantly supervising the rolling room. To Wall Street, it is called vertical integration. To the Padron family, it's called making great cigars. The Padron lines include the Padron 1964 Anniversary Series and the Padron Traditional line. All Padron cigars are wrapped in Nicaraguan sun-grown Habano tobacco, available in natural or maduro. Experience Padron. For your Padron retailer, call 1-800-453-5635. When Padron is on the band, quality is a matter of family honor. Surgeon General Warning. Tobacco use increases the risk of infertility, stillbirth, and low birth weight. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show. If you'd like to join the alpha male conversational maneuvers, call me during the live show, Saturdays 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern Time at 877-DAVE-007. That's Saturdays 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern Time at 877-328-3007. The general has turned on the no pleasure police side. You may now feel free to enjoy the good life. All right, before we go to uh, Corey Moscato of Lockhouse Distillery up in Buffalo, let me uh, try my next bourbon today for Bourbon Heritage Month. We started with the Russell's Reserve Small Batch 10-year-old Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Very, very smooth for a 10-year. Very impressive because... Sometimes, as the bourbons get older, with more of the wood, you can get a little bit more spiciness, but very, very pleasant. I'm now going to pour the Wild Turkey. This is their flagship bourbon, 80 proof, 40% alcohol by volume. Now, this is certainly a much lighter color. This is definitely a much lighter color than the Russell's Reserve. And as I look at this, I would say that the color on this is... uh, Almost a golden orange, a very light-hued golden orange. I'm swirling it around in my bourbon glass. Going to take a sniff. Actually, some notes of maple on here. Some nice notes of maple. So let me go ahead and uh, take a swig of this. Hmm. 
Very nice. Very smooth. Warmth factor is about a five. Not a lot of warmth going down. Not a lot of spice. Actually, this wild turkey would go very nicely with a mild to mild medium flavored cigar, but very, very pleasant. It is uh, bottled by Austin Nichols, which is now a division of Campari, which is French. Can't believe our bourbon is now wild turkey owned by a French company. That is the problem with globalization. All of our great American companies, because of a very weak euro, correction, strong euro, weak American dollar, have been uh, taken over by European companies. And I'm not against globalization, but I like Americans owning American companies. Call me old-fashioned. That's how I am. All right, let us now welcome to the Cigar Dave Show, Corey Moscato, the operations manager of one of the hottest new distilleries in the country, Lockhouse Distillery, Buffalo, New York. Corey, great to have you on. It was great visiting with you about three weeks ago when I was up in Buffalo. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Dave. Now, Corey, let's uh, give, before we start talking about the rye whiskey, which is what I want to talk about, uh, tell us a little bit about you and uh, Lockhouse Distillery, and and I know that you you make a great uh, uh a, a wine-centric vodka, which has done very well. You've got lines out of, outside the distillery whenever you have a, a release. But talk about you and how you got involved with distilling and about Lockhouse Distillery. Well, uh, Lockhouse Distillery is kind of spawned from a hobby, as a, a lot of distillers across the country and brewers are finding it, finding their way into the industry. Uh, really, the president of the company, he was doing this as a hobby with his friends. He story goes he was in New York City and he didn't want to go to bars and pay $10, up to $10 a shot for some of the higher-end drinks. And so he started doing this, and then around 2006 and 2007, companies like Tuttletown and Kings County Distillery really paved the way for legislation that became, uh, in New York State, the Farm Distillery Act, which made it able for small distilleries to open and really made the cost worth it, the licensing. And so over time, they decided, them and the rest of the partners knew each other from their childhood, so they they put together a distillery, and it took about two years to get through the proper legislations, and then we hit the ground running. Um, I joined the team just as we opened to the public in December of last year. I had gone to, I had, about the same beginnings, taking a hobby and took it a little too far. I was doing some home brewing, and then I, I went to a program in Canada for uh, brew mastery and brewery operations management, focusing in fermentation science and recipe formulation. And I graduated there in about 2012, and I was working for a few for a brewery in Buffalo and then took an opportunity out in Saratoga Springs near Albany, New York, to run a large brewery. And then when I heard of this opportunity in Buffalo to join a company that was really ground level, no glass ceiling, no competition, because we're the first in Buffalo, I moved back home and started working with distillation instead of uh, in spirits instead of beer. Interesting. Now, your first spirit was uh, not a whiskey, but actually a vodka. And you use a, I, I didn't know that you could make vodka out of, uh, out of wine. Yeah, you could make vodka out of anything that has been or can be fermented into alcohol. What vodka is, is really, it's just a a spirit that's been cleaned up, rid of all its impurities, and um, most 
traditionally it's made from wheat, rye, barley, or potatoes, most people are familiar with, but you can make it out of anything that is fermented. And we, we chose wine. We went through uh, a few different raw materials. We tried apple juice. We, we used some corn. We used some rye. And we really liked the uh, flavor profile that grapes gave us. And it's also a very reliable resource in western New York. There's vineyards and wine trails all over the region. So it, it was very realistic for us. Excellent. And I have to tell you, we tried the vodka. I was very impressed. Yeah, the, uh, initially, because we were the first distillery in Buffalo, we, we had no idea what to expect as far as our reception in the community. And so on our first day, we had about 1,000 bottles um, packaged and ready to sell. And we, we wouldn't know what we were going to sell. We would have been happy if we sold half that. But um, we opened the doors, and 26 minutes later, we were completely out. And 26 minutes? 26 minutes. That um, is we, absolutely incredible. We, we sold everything, even our posters, merchandise. We unfortunately had to turn some people away because we really didn't expect that sort of overwhelming support from the community. But uh, looking back on it, we really should have uh, knew it was coming because Buffalo is a historically rich city in distillation and, and alcohol culture. I mean, until Prohibition, there were, there were hundreds of distilleries across New York State, and after Prohibition, until 2006, there were zero. Well, I know that Lieutenant Gary, uh, up in the Western New York Theater of Operations, was one of those people that waited in line because we went to the Gary O'Brien's Pub, the most exclusive pub in Western New York, and he had a bottle, and uh, sure enough, he said he waited umpteen hours to get it, and so very popular. Now, when I was up visiting about three weeks ago, you filled me in on a top-secret project, which we can now release here to our, uh, our lieutenants talk about it, but you are actually developing a rye whiskey. But you're not doing it like some of these other bottlers are doing it, where you're buying the, the, the basically just the juice and then bottling it and saying it's yours. You're actually aging it. You're doing everything. Yeah, we're, we're, we're making it from grain to glass, so to speak. Um, and we're also doing a little different processes than most distillers across the United States. I mean, the United States is fortunate enough to have a very wealthy bourbon culture and a lot of really affordable and delicious whiskeys, both in and out of the craft uh, market. But we found it that New York State has a lot of really good grains, you know, and rye is not particularly the easiest grain to work with because a lot of the compounds that are in it uh, make it difficult for both the converting of starches to sugars and the fermentation. But we, we've got our process down, and um, we have our one, our, our test barrel filled, and we're, we're beginning production on the rest of our line shortly, as soon as we finish up our expansion in December. Uh, now, Cor Cor Moscato, the... Uh... Uh, the whiskey itself Go ahead. is going to be... It's, it's it's a different process. Most, when, when we go into the fermentation, most distillers will pitch their, their distiller's yeast at 80 degrees, 90 degrees, and we're choosing to do it a lot lower into the low 70s or even 60s. And at that temperature, um, you, you can really stress the yeast out, which will help um, promote a lot of the different flavor compounds in the fermentation that will eventually make its way into the barrel and then the bottle. 
Corey Moscato of Blockhouse Distillery in Buffalo, New York, our guest. Corey, we sampled the new rye whiskey, and I think it's only, at the time, it was, what, aged four months, five months? It was, uh, it was six months in, and I just six months another in. sample when I spoke to you yesterday, and it's now seven months old, and I'm really pleased with it. It's, it's really interesting and fun to watch it grow over time. Just in a simple month, it's dramatic. Now, what, now when we, we sampled it uh, a month ago, and again, six months relatively young for any whiskey, including a rye whiskey, and the, with rye, you absolutely get a, a lot of spiciness, a lot of, a lot of uh, pepperiness. It's just got a lot of tang on the palate. That's just uh, a, a quality of using rye in the grain for your whiskey. But I noticed, I said it had a lot of warmth on the way down, Definitely had some some rye tartness and, and 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 peppery notes, but it wasn't overpowering for six months. I thought it was going to be really much much more tangy and harsher, and actually it was pretty smooth. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's something that we've been working on uh, on paper for a while. So we really had all our ducks in a row before we get in production. And um, one of the things that really helps with the maturation process is during fermentation after. The, all of the sugars have been converted to alcohols. We we're choosing to add some uh, some bugs. I like to call them. They're, it's it's a lactobacillus and acetobacter. And what they do is they'll they'll create organic acids um, out of a lot of the polyphenols and alcohols that are already in the wash. And once those goes in, once that goes into the barrel after distillation with the rest of the spirit, over time uh, something called esterification happens. And if you don't have these organic acids in high quantities in the barrel, uh, it takes a longer time to age. Not, not that it takes a longer time to age, but you don't get the development as quickly as you would. And so these organic acids react with the alcohols, and they form esters that give you that really nice warming aromas and marshmallow and, and very jammy taste. Excellent. Now, when will you release the Lockhouse Rye Whiskey? Uh, we are projected right now for it to be available to the public around this time next year. We are hoping to be able to supply uh, Western New York in its entirety, and hopefully uh, even more if everything goes swimmingly. Excellent. So we're still about a year away from you releasing that rye whiskey. Yes, uh, but in the meantime, we still uh, currently produce our lockhouse grape-based vodka, and we will be releasing a New York-style fine gin in two months, and an Amaro also, and uh, an Amaro is like a digest deep. It's very herbaceous and sweet and bitter, and it, it, it actually enzymatically aids in the digestion process. It's, if, if there's a cocktail bar in your local area, they definitely carry Amaro's. Now, Corey, let me, let me uh, ask you, when the Lockhouse Rye Whiskey is released, what type of flavor notes and, 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 and strength, what do you estimate? Because you're seven months in. It's already changed from six months to seven months in terms of how it's matured. Now that you, when you release that a year from now, it'll be about 18 months, 19 months in, what do you expect the final rye whiskey to taste like? Well, right now we're using... Uh, smaller barrels than we will be using in our full production. So the, the smaller barrels are going to give it more oaky, uh, a more oaky flavor than the, the larger barrels we will be using will. 
So the oak won't be overpowering. I'm, I'm sitting in front of a snifter right now that I pulled out this morning, and it's got a lot of, and it's seven months in right here, and it's got a lot of uh, really toasted notes. The, the new American oak barrels we're using are only medium charred, so they're not, it's not pulling through too much oak. It's not oversaturating the palate with that. Um, I'm, I'm expecting, hopefully, for a lot of, like, applewood, marshmallowy, kind of like raspberry tastes and aromas to come off. Now, how many bottles will you uh, be able to produce? Uh, what do you anticipate your first run will be released? How many bottles? Um, well, right now we're in the process of an expansion, and if all goes swingly, we'll be able to do about about uh, each run or, or barrel filling will yield upwards towards about uh, 50 bottles, and with dozens and dozens of barrels, we're hoping to have a supply when we release uh, upwards into probably close to uh, 1,000 to 500 cases. So still not a lot. It's going to be very, uh, very boutique, and, and primarily the distribution will be pretty much around western New York and, and that, uh, the, envir- the, the surrounding area. Yeah, uh, we're definitely going to be looking into further distribution because I know um, if it weren't for being able to get a lot of the other craft whiskeys that are made around the U.S. here in Buffalo, New York, we, we wouldn't really, we, I would want something to gauge our product by, and there's a lot of distilleries out there that fortunately found distribution to go across the U.S., so we can have it here, and we feel that it would only be right to do the same. Corey, I hope that you uh, save uh, Bottle 1A for uh, yours truly because I really enjoyed it when we had the chance to tour your distillery a month ago, and we're, we're going to post some pictures at CigarDave.com and on Facebook and Twitter. And uh, I can't wait for that final rise. So hopefully when that comes out, I'll have a bottle waiting for me. You got it. All right, Corey uh, uh, Moscato, who is the uh, operations manager at Lockhouse Distillery in Buffalo, New York. Cor- uh, Corey, continued success and uh, great stuff. Really enjoyed the tour, and I know that we are going to be eagerly looking forward to the release of the Lockhouse Rye Whiskey. Lieutenants, the final and concluding segment of this uh, edition of the Cigar Dave Show is next. If you miss a part of the show, you can download the podcast to listen anytime. Go to iTunes and search Cigar Dave or log on to CigarDave.com. It's an exquisite day here at the Jensen Estate patio overlooking the 13th green. And we're underway. Jim Jensen has chosen his favorite stick. The Diamond Crown Number 4 by J.C. Newman. See the way he holds the cigar, Tom? Mm -hmm. Excellent balance and heft. Ooh, he's eyeing the silky Connecticut Shade Wrapper. Fermented twice for the smoothest, richest flavor. And hand-rolled by the Fuente family with a blend of six to seven distinct Dominican and Caribbean basin tobacco leaves. Each lovingly aged for at least five years. Oh, now Jensen's lighting up the Diamond Crown. He's got a precision burn, Tom. Mm, those highly complex flavors with hints of dark chocolate really deliver, Bill. Yes, like all cigars in J.C. Newman's premium diamond crown line. That'd be the highly rated Maximus and the Julius Caesar. Ah, now Jensen's settling in, rolling the rich smoke through his nose. Look at the satisfaction on his face, Bill. Oh, a thing of beauty, Tom. Experience the premium Diamond Crown brand by J.C. Newman at select retailers or Diamond Crown Lounge near you. Find us on Facebook at J.C. Newman Cigar Co. or visit DiamondCrown.com. 
Hi, I know everybody's familiar with the 95 rated Decade, one of the finest cigars ever made and produced by Rocky Patel. Well, he outdid himself. I'm here to introduce a new Decade Cameroon. It's got a beautiful African Cameroon wrapper on it. And when you put this wrapper with the wonderful blend of the Decade cigar, it just takes it to another level. You get that little sweetness on the back of your palate. You get the cedar, the hickory notes with a little bit of spice. You know what I want to do? I want to just sit in my backyard or on my patio or a bar stool and enjoy the cigar. You can take it all the way down. I tell you, Rocky, you outdid yourself on this one. And if you haven't tried it, it's going to be at your local retail store. Go get yourself one. You won't be disappointed because this cigar, man, does it smoke great. Enjoy the latest and greatest cigars shipped directly to you. Join the Cigar Dave Officers Club now, and you'll receive three premium cigars every month. Membership is just $22.95, including shipping and handling. Join by going to CigarDave.com now. That's CigarDave.com. Click on Officers Club. comfort and convenience. The general has turned on the no pleasure police sign. You may now feel free to enjoy the good life. All right, now before we get to uh, some calls here, I'm going to sample the Wild Turkey 101. Now, this is a 101 proof bourbon whiskey. Now, I've got the Wild Turkey 80. I've got the Wild Turkey 101 right next to it. Now, as I look at both, the Wild Turkey 101, just a little bit deeper in a citrus orange type color. Now, let me take a sip of the Wild Turkey 80. Actually, now the new one is the 81. This is an older bottle I've had aging. Mm. Very smooth, a little bit of uh, citrus, some uh, maple on the palate. Aged six to eight years. And again, 40% alcohol by volume. Now we're going to go to the Wild Turkey 101. Now this is 101 proof, 50.5% alcohol, using primarily six, seven, and eight-year-old bourbons. And even though it's uh, got a lot of aging, Jimmy Russell, the master distiller, likes to create an exceptionally gentle uh, bourbon, as he says, so that you can enjoy it no matter what the proof. So looking at this, I'm swirling it around. Again, very muted notes. Nothing overly uh, overly wild on the nose. I'll say cheers, and I'll take a sip. Hmm. Oh, yeah. You definitely feel that there's an explosion of flavor. Not a lot of warmth factor, but definitely notice it. If you want a little bit more warmth and kick on the way down, the Wild Turkey 101 or 81, very smooth. Let us say hello to... Patrick, down in Miami, you are front and center. Long ashes, General. Back at you. Yes, I just wanted to call and let you know that you are the sole reason why I started smoking cigars. I was uh, listening to 940 Winds driving on the weekend one day, and I picked up just as you were starting these libation, lactation maneuvers, and I thought to myself, this is the coolest thing I've ever heard, and I figured since I've been getting older, I would start smoking cigars, and four months later, here I am, and... 
I owe it all to you. And i also like to thank you for all the things that you say about the military 17 years in, and I appreciate everything you say. And I listened to the D-Day uh, broadcast and the Memorial Day broadcast, and they were all awesome. Great job. Well, Patrick, I appreciate it, and we thank you for your service. I was very proud of those shows because, uh, to me, I think it's important that we remember D-Day and Memorial Day. And com- We don't celebrate Memorial Day. We observe Memorial Day, and I think too many people forget that. Patrick, what branch of the service are you in? Air Force. Air Force, excellent. The wild blue yonder, fantastic. Uh, now, are you a pilot? No, sir. I'm actually a crew chief on the F-16. Ah, excellent. Ah, just as important. Fantastic. Yes, so you keep those you keep those birds uh, flying and in tip-top shape, so outstanding. Yes, well, Patrick, I appreciate the comments and glad that you, uh, you're enjoying the alpha male good life with cigars, spirits, uh, the dames. That's very important. And, you know, some people would say, oh, you know, you, I, you're, I'm responsible for you picking up the, the vices. And that's in no way, shape, or form true. They are not vices. They are life's great pleasure. When someone says, oh, so your vices are cigars and spirits, I say they're not vices. They're part of enjoying the good life. I don't apologize for that, and neither do you. And, Patrick... Here's what I'd like to do for you. How about I send you out the September Officers Club selection of Sindicato cigars. It's two Sindicato Maduros and the new Sindicato Natural. These cigars, uh, all three of them, are worth about 45 bucks, but they're coming your way, and I hope that you enjoy them. Yes, sir. Thank you, General. Fantastic. I'll tell you what. Eric, uh, you got 20... Whoops. I hit the wrong button there. Eric. The Eric. General. Hello there, sir. Yes. Yes, sir. 20 seconds. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, I want to redo my closet and a humidor, the type of wood you think I should use, sir. Okay, very quickly, you want to get Lebanese or you want to get Brazilian or Spanish cedar. You're going to have a tough time finding uh, any other type of cedar, but that would be my recommendation. And here's what I'll do for you. I will send you out some Kismet and Nirvana cigars from Casino Gold. Cigar Dave, the general saying, may your humidor always be full. Mayor Cutter always be sharp. Mayor Ashby extra, extra long. Semper Delictatio always pleasure. Next week, we'll conduct our National Bourbon Heritage Month full tasting with Sommelier Dave. We will sample and sip them.